Hi, it's Ethan Hayter and you're listening to Quick Link Podcast. Hi there, welcome back to Quick Link Podcast. This is show 475 for Wednesday the 20th of April. First up you'll hear from Lena with the day's report from Tour of the Alps. And then we've got our weekly waffle, or fortnightly waffle as they are at the moment. Peter couldn't join us for the show, so what he did, he sent us all a voice note with his thoughts on the week's action and latest news, and then we will react to that in turn. We'll put his section in right before we start chatting, so you've got about an hour of content coming right up. But first, here's Lena, and then we'll go through Peter and the waffle. Welcome to stage three of Two of the Alps. We are staying in Südtirol today and going from Lana im Etchtal to Niederdorf im Hochpustetal. The stage is 154 kilometers long, has a relatively flat start till the city Bozen. Sprint points are available on the Feldtorns and we have two classified mountains, the Terenten and the Funkelpass. Finish of the stage is in the flat after descent from the Funkelpass. Also, once again, 3000 altitude meters of climbing. GC leader today is Bilbao, sprint is led by Lopez, youth jersey is won by Santiago Buitrago and the mountain jersey is won by Pavel Zivakov. A relatively slow start into the stage until a break forms. In the breakaway are Leonard Kemner for Bora Hansgrohe, James Rojas for Movistar, James Piccioli for Israel Premier Tech, Natana Etestacion for Dronehopper Androni Giocattolo, Davide Bes for Iolo Cometa, Igor Arrieta for Kern Pharma, Thibaut Pinot for FDG and Unai Idabari for Escatel. Bahrain is in control of the peloton, which is quite expected because GC Lilia is Pelo Bilbao. Then Hamilton from Team DSM also joins the break while Jojas and Bez are dropped on the Feltons and the intermediate sprint is won by Thibaut Pinot. While the first king of the mountain points on the Terenten go to Irabari, Piccioli and Hamilton. Approaching the Funkel Pass, the break has four minutes and intermediate sprint is won by Thibaut Pinot. After the Funkel Pass, the break is caught again by the Peloton. However, a new break forms once the Peloton is in Brixen, consisting of several riders, including Andrei Amador for Ineos. Once again, Leonard Kemner for Boda Hans Grohe for EF, Gebre Medin Merhal, once again, James Piccioli. William Bartas and Jose Rojas for the Movistar, Lastra Martinez for Carajujal, Natnaya Tissacion for Dronehopper Androni, Una Irabari for Euskatel, and Torstein Tren for Unox. Going into the Funkel Pass, the break has a lead of four minutes. However, the break explodes somewhat um, once they ride the Funkel Pass, and only four riders are left uh, going for the King of the Mountain sprint Tissacion, Pronsky, Piccioli, and Tren. King of the Mountain coins go to Tren, Pronsky and Piccioli. Going into the descent, Tren crashed and is fastly caught by the rest of the break. Peloton itself is a minute behind the break and after the descent and at the foot of the Funkel Pass we have again a break of seven riders consisting of Pronsky, Amador, Kemna, Piccioli, Barta, Lasta and Tessacion. 10 kilometers from the finish, the peloton is one minute behind and between the brake riders a game of cat and mouse starts with several attacks by Amador and Kemna, um, who clearly don't want to let it go to a sprint. This version is distanced several times with different riders but can come back again when the game of cat and mouse is in its uh, quiet point. However, 
Two kilometers from the finish, Kemna goes on a devastating attack, which only Andre Amador can follow, and um, goes into time trial mode to ride for victory. It looked a bit hairy with one kilometer to go, and um, Andre Amador gave it his all. However, Lennart Kemner stayed strong and took his second victory of the season for Boda Hansgrohe. His first win was a stage win at the Vuelta Andalucia in February. The classement of the stage is as follows. First, Lennart Kemner for Bora Hansgrohe. Second, Andre Amador for Ineos. Third, Jonathan Lastra for Carajujal. Fourth, Nathanael Tisvasion for Dronehopper Androni. Fifth, William Barter for Movistar. No changes in the GDC. Pelo Bilbao will wear the green jersey tomorrow again. Youth is led by Timon Adansman, who has the same points as Santiago Buitrago, but took the jersey for him today. Mountain classification led again by Pavel Zivakov, and sprint classification is led by Superman Lopez tomorrow again. However, Thibaut Pinot and Emmanuel Zangale and Lopez will have six points, so that could be quite interesting going into the stage tomorrow. Been a while since we did a waffle, hasn't it? But hey, um, sorry I can't make it today, but I'll, I'll just cameo this way instead. It's kind of my thing at the moment. I thought Roubaix was an incredible couple of days of racing. Um, the women's race was hugely intriguing. The men's race, like I couldn't stop watching. It's just incredible. Um, on that front, like. I think the two standout teams for me were Trek in the women's side only and uh, Intermarche Wanty Grubert in the men's side. Um, both of them, like, Trek, they had, they had so much misfortune but had a lot of top finishes. Uh, I mean, they've had the winner. They've now got 100% record at Roubaix in the women's side. So, you know, no pressure for next year, but come on, we want the free peak. Um in the men's side, Intermarche, they had six finishes in, what, the top 25 or something? Like, there was a lot of good finishes. And, you know, that stands them in hugely good stead ahead of the Grand Tours in terms of being able to be World Tour next year. The one team that really disappointed me, and they've been anonymous the whole classic season, is, is Quick Step. Like, where have they been? They are not a Grand Tour team. They're not the Ineos of three years ago where they'll have a great armada of riders be, but be absolutely rubbish in in uh, classics. But then thrill everyone in the Grand Tours with their blue train um, back from Team Sky. So, like, where are Quickstep? Uh, has anyone seen them? And obviously that could change in Flesh Rolon, which I have not seen at the moment, so... You never know. But which teams have, have thrilled you folks um, in the Cobble Classics and which teams have let you down and, and left you feeling a little flat? Obviously today we've got Le Flesh Wallon. I caught the end of the Flesh Wallon Feminar. That was really amazing. I think Marta Cavalli has really taken up the mantle of a woman to beat. Um, given how she did at Amstel as well as this, like, do we reckon she could go ahead and, and win at Liège as well? I mean, last year it was Demi Vollering who got a massive armchair ride, but you know, could it could it be Cavalli for FDG? And then thinking ahead, or not even ahead, looking at the Tour of the Alps that's currently going on. How many of us are, are on the Bardet hype train? Because 
I think it's going to be departing very soon. And I'm on board. Who's with me? Is there anyone who we think will thrill even more than he does uh, when it gets to the Giro? And then looking forward to the weekend at Liège, Baston Liège. I already mentioned Marty Cavalli for the women's race. Obviously, Demi Vollering is the, the reigning champion. Anna Mick van Vleuten's been on a, a huge tear for most of this year and is always at the pointy end of such races. Uh, who's your pick for, for the win in Liège, uh, both in the women's and then in the men's? Like, How do we reckon Walt Van Aert will get on? Will Pogaccia take it on? I don't even know if it's in his calendar. Might we see Mohoric? Like, how many people are going to be able to back up racing in Roubaix? And then less than a week after racing in in Liège. Normally it's the, the, you know, normally it's Roubaix followed by Amstel Gold. And you've got a whole extra week before Liège. And Amstel is not quite as hilly. You know, it's, it's a little gentler. So what do we reckon? Who's who's your pick? Hi, welcome to QuickLink Podcast. It's show 475. It is Wednesday the 20th of April and we have one of our not-so-weekly waffles back on. I am joined by Anna, Katie, Matthew, Lena and Will. Two debutantes on the podcast today. We'll start in alphabetical order. Anna, how are you? Say hello. Hi, I'm great. I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us again. It's nice to have you on, Katie. How are you doing up there in the northeast? I'm all good, thank you very much. Yeah, all good. All good stuff. And over to a debutante, Matthew from Cycling What Ifs. How are you? Good, thank you. My first waffle. Oh, it's nice to have you on. We've enjoyed your uh, flamboyance on the podcast the last few days, adding a bit of flair to us to the show. To Lena, thank you. You've been doing the Tour of Alps coverage. How are you yeah. doing this week? Doing well. How could I do anything else with the Kemna victory today? Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I'll probably drop this in after I've put your segment in. So, yeah, oh, no spoilers good. here. <laughs> sure. And to Will, how, how are you? How Introduce yourself. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Uh, so, cycling writing, well, that's what I do. And this is my debut waffle. It's lovely to have you. Thank you. It's nice to have six of us in the house today. Seven if you include Craig. Six and a half if you include Craig being the usual twat that he is. <laughs> so I think there's three main things we need to talk about. One was Roubaix, one was Flesh, one's Liège. We'll start with Flesh Wallon, which was today. Let's talk us through those who saw today's race. I'll throw it open to Katie. Yeah, so I was going to start off by talking about uh, the women's race, which I saw as well. I saw all the TV coverage, actually, which was last. I think it was only the last 25 kilometers or so. Um, but yeah, the, I'll just talk talk about the final a little bit. I don't know who else here saw it, but it was just such a battle. I love I don't know what it is about watching the women fight up the Murdoe, but it was just like it's just oh, gosh, it's proper pain. Um, so, yeah, it was down to uh, Demi Vollering, obviously one of the pre-race favourites. She was giving it her all, but it 
was clear that it was down to Annemiek van Floyten and um, Marta Cavalli in the end. And honestly, Annemiek was absolutely tearing it up there. And it was just, if it wasn't for that sort of flattening off section at the end, she would have had it. But Cavalli's timing was exceptional. And she just, she paced it up there. She was behind Annemiek and then that little f section at the end came and she just stormed past. It was, yeah, timing perfection. Really, really good. Enjoyed it more than the men's race, I must say. Anybody else? Sorry. No, no, yeah, it's fine. I was literally just taking a, a, a bigger glug of, a glug of my tea, actually, because I was looking up Cavalli's stats. At uh, which point? Yeah, so she that, obviously she won Amstel as well. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She also raced Roubaix, and she said in her post-race interview that she felt kind of surprised at herself that she had the legs after having done Amstel and Roubaix. Um, and obviously, Annemiek chose to, to. Well, she did. She didn't do Roubaix. It's obviously not her. Mm. She didn't enjoy it last year, um, breaking her pelvis, I think. And it's oh yes, know, yeah, of course. Yeah, so obviously the Ardennes are more her, are more her thing. Um, but yeah, so she goes again on at the age and we'll have the bit between her teeth presumably but Cavalli's on the absolute blistering form yeah so yeah absolutely ridden herself into form yeah it's a, fa a fantastic ride for the Frances de Jure rider shall we move on to the men's race who caught well I mean there's only one thing to talk about is that the murder Rui, and it's a, it's a race decided by about 1200 meters Don't all jump in at once. I'll let someone else go. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Oh, God, be shy. Oh, yeah. Um, Murderi, like every year, is the. the Everybody is waiting for, for Murderi. Uh, when, you know, at the end of um, Flesh Vallon, you saw that Kofidis uh, move. I thought that this year was going to be different, <laughs> but uh, in the end, uh, every team is just waiting for Murdoui and uh, decided that the sprint at the top of uh, Murdoui and this year was different because it was not Valverde or Alaphilippe, but it was Dylan Tens with a great win. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I was surprised at how big the, the bunch was. At the end, it didn't seem as though the first, because I I didn't catch the first part of the race because I was out, and it didn't seem as though uh, it mustn't have been a very high pace because the peloton coming up was really big still. Well, for, for first part of the the race is usually the same every every year, like uh, a breakaway and uh, the bunch chasing and not giving like well, I think they had. One minute, one minute and a half, uh, or two minutes max, and then the bunch stay close and they just get the breakaway, uh, like twenty kilometers from Murdovi. So yeah, I think that's the the, the thing with the Flesh Vallon is uh, it's more or less the same every year in the in the type of race. Pierre Roland in the breakaway. Yeah, it just seemed to me as if, I, d I don't know, I thought it didn't seem as though the final ascent, like, enough people, there was still seemed to be quite a few people in it right up until the end. Obviously, Valverde was up there, right? She came second, did he? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. 
I thought for a moment he had it. It was like 30 meters to the finish and while well, they closed the gap to turns. And for a minute, minute, for a second, it looked like Valverde was half a wheel before turns, but turns took the deep and then he was like, he beamed to the finish line. It was, and Valverde clearly had nothing left in the tank. It was very impressive by turns. Yeah, good win for the Belgian. Uh, it's the first one of the year for him as well. I think it's been it's been coming, hasn't it? Um, yeah, he has I'd... some he has some good results during the seasons, but uh, no wins so far. But he was quite good in the classics, six, ten. Yeah, that's it. It was eight at uh, Brabant Pile. He was ten at Amstel Gold Race, and it was six at Ronde Van Branderen. So yeah, it was just a it was just a, a matter of time before uh, he gets that uh, first win. Were you surprised by Alaphilippe and uh, Pogacar's weakness? Because everyone talked about Pogacar and Alaphilippe before the race. Yeah, I was a little bit. Um, seems as though he has, I don't know, each, each of the classics that he's entered, um, or the, obviously the last couple, <laughs> he's, got, he's made some mistakes. He's got, still got things to learn. Maybe he wasn't in top form today. But yeah, sort of everybody assumes that every race he enters, he's going to win. But it's been inter- interesting to watch how it's unfolded with that, with him not, you know, not just sweeping the board after Strada. I think everyone thought that was it. <laughs> He'd just win it all. But I think with Alaphilippe, you've got to be a little, little bit cautious after what happened to him at Strada, Strada Bianchi, after he crashed. I think you've got to give him a bit of time just to, to get back into the swing of things. So I don't think that there was too much pressure on him in the race, to be fair, I think that yes, he's won the race before, but maybe let's just lay off him a little bit after what's happened to him. Um, I, I don't, I don't think we can all sit here and criticise too much about him. But he is the world champion. We all expect him to perform well. And I think going into the tour, he should should win a few stages. I also point out with Dylan Turns, it's I don't think it's. I think he would have been one of the favourites today going into the race. He's he's won a top La Planche de Belle <laughs> of course, before in the tour. So, um, and I think I think he's also the first Flemish rider to win La Flèche Fallon in twenty years as well. I think that's another uh, point statistic in fact to put out. So, yeah, um, Valverde, uh, of course. So, so Gilbert won um, twenty eleven, but I don't know where he's from. I think he's a. He's a Walloon, yeah. isn't he? He's a Walloon. So, yeah. Um, yeah. First Mario, before that would be Mario Ertz. Yeah. Mario Ertz, yeah. So it's 20 years since a Flemish rider oh, won yeah, a Flesh Wallon. So, and with Valverde, well, it's his final appearance. Um, would have been nice to see him win again. But I think we come to expect that maybe he's not going to win everything all the time now. And he's, I think he's in line to do the Giro, isn't he? As a fight for a final time. So that would be good to see as well. He is on the provisional start list, yeah. Yes, yes. Good old Movistar with their tactics. <laughs> T- tactically perfect. I think the only, I, th- I don't think he's down for the tour, is he? I think he's doing Giro and, and Vuelta. Yes, so, yeah. So I think that is... Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Interesting to see how they play in the tour without him. <laughs> they might actually <laughs> get something done. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's move swiftly back. Let's have a little short chat about Roubaix. I was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? 
Not bad. Um, any over? So obviously, we've covered it. Covered it in depth on the show. Thoughts uh, with anything? Uh, uh, it, when I put Peter's segment in, a quick step shit. And any else good now? Have any else gone? Let's be quick step. Yeah. Have they looked at Poglitch and Rogachar and gone? Nope. We'll do the classics. I think so. Well, Although, yeah. having said that, they've got some really strong DC riders too. So, even in despite Bernal's injuries, um, Martinez is looking really good this year. Carapaz has yet to show his best form, and I think even I think he looked pretty good at Catalonia. Um, so, I think they've got they've got a lot going on. I must admit, until today, I'd completely forgotten about R- Ricardo Carapaz. Just someone mentioned him on Twitter. I'm like, oh god, yeah, they've got another card to die, uh, you know, to deal in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, could Ineos do like a sweep, or are they going? Can they balance both both sides of it, or? But what's going on with Quick Step? That's I think that's the main thing actually. I wouldn't um, think it weird if Carapaz does really well in the Giro. Not much time trial. No hmm. Slovenians there. So why would I, if he's in good form, why wouldn't he do very well there? And um, Ineos didn't lose um, much support for GC. They strengthened their ranks with um, several young riders, but uh, that's the classic squad. But they didn't really lose that much GC support. I think their classics um, progression has been absolutely amazing, though. Like, I mean, it's, it's stating the obvious, but um, Turner is an absolute beast. Um, and every and every time, every, you know, they're, they're doing the quick step thing of, of seeding the front group with, you know, two, three, at least three riders each time and making finals with with options. I mean, it's it's just an absolute, they've turned everything on its head. Um, I don't know what happened to Quick Step. That's a that's a separate story, but it does look as as though they've literally switched roles this classic season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I am I coming for it from a, I mean, I'm not British, but from a British uh, bias that Ben Turner and Lewis Askey have been absolutely Lewis Askey with FDJ have been on the front all the time for like the last three months. And it's been fantastic to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good seeing uh, Ineos drive a young team. Uh, Pit- you know, obviously Pickock, Turner, Tullet. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's, it's exciting stuff. Group R F- FDG are known for well in recent years for providing new, fresh British talent. Actually, not just French talent, but Lewis Askey, Jake Stewart, of course. So. Um, of course, yeah, friend of the show. Yeah, I think as as, as Katie has, has said, in terms of Ben Turner, the future is bright. I think I think we are on the cusp of seeing a British winner of Paris Roubaix soon, sooner rather than later. I think also a Tour of Flanders again, sooner rather than later. Um, I don't know if anybody would agree with that, but there is. I think that there Brit- Britain's place in the classics could could be brighter than what we what we think. Definitely brighter than it has been in, in a lot of years. Should we let our European friends like totally break <laughs> us down now? Oh, indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, uh, Matthew, what's the French French verdict on uh, 
Ruben. Yeah, that's what I was, I was gonna say. It's still brighter for uh, for uh, British <laughs> classics than for uh, French writers because at the moment we don't. Well, we have uh, you know the French writers Anthony Turgis, we have Christophe Laporte, or uh, this kind of writers, you know. But uh, they 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 went close to 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 win. Uh, classics, semi-classics. Uh, we had uh, Adrien Petit uh, finishing th- six uh, at Paris-Roubaix and um, finishing uh, four times in the top 15, I think, over the, 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 the last uh, seven editions. But uh, we don't have that rider and uh, young riders are coming, but it's not... Uh, like British writers that are uh, coming this year, we we had Turner, we had uh, Fred Wright. Uh, they were always at the front uh, in the, in the, in the main races. So yeah, still brighter than French future, but uh, when well, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I hope. You didn't mention Benoit. Yeah, Benoit, of course. Uh, but uh, Benoit is not going to win Paris-Roubaix, but uh, was so close at Amstel. Um, so I'm actually I think it's here com- in an t-shirt. So I'm representing. <laughs> uh, me too, me too. I got the same. Oh, you are? <laughs> hey, great. <laughs> <laughs> what about, um, uh, who's my favourite guy? Oh, Maxime Chevalier. There we go. He's He's going to win everything. <laughs> Soon. I think it's also uh, also good to point out that Dylan Van Baal's place in Ineos's Tour de France squad is nailed on unless anything disastrous <laughs> happens. Um I don't know if anybody saw my tweet, but it's like when when riders go to Grand Tours like Van Baal, they go there to sacrifice themselves for others, whether it's Geraint Thomas or Bernal over the years. And yet get one opportunity or multiple opportunities in the spring to try and get some of the spotlights. And in, in many ways I think domestiques for the mountain stages at a Tour de France or a Giro or a Welter and then put themselves through all kinds of hell at Paris Bay and then the Tour of Flanders to to gain more glory and then do that at the same time throughout the rest of the season. I think that just shows how heroic these riders are and particularly Van Baal for someone who sacrificed himself so much in Paris Bay, I think it, it takes some doing. So, um, chapeau to Dylan Van Baal in the end. And as I said, his place in the Tour de France team for Ineos I think, is, is nailed on. His contract for next year will be very good, wherever yeah. it may be. Yes, if you think it will be? Yes, you think it will yeah, be yeah. Jumbo Visma? Uh, he might be too expensive for them now. Yeah, uh, UAE wants him also now. Is, is it yeah, Jumbo really, asked yeah. for that uh, extra money, but I don't think uh, after that Ruby win, I don't think they will have the enough uh, money to, to get him. I think Ineos have to be in the driving seat to sort of secure him longer term yeah. now, surely. Yeah, they, they should hold him. But I think... Just talking briefly... If... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry yeah. I just think it's a case of why why would he want to leave as well? Because... Is, he, is there a thought in his mind that which team do I have more prospects of winning a Tour de France again? I have a more chance of winning it with Roglic at Jumbo Visma, 
UAE or do I stand a chance of winning a tour again with with Bernal and, and Carapaz so I think that might might play on his hand and also whether he still has the opportunities to go for classics with Ineos or with Yumba Visma or UAE because if he goes to Yumba Visma classics is always going to be on Wout van Aert I mean obviously Wout van Aert is, is perfectly capable of winning Roubaix and Flanders in the future but where does Van Baal's opportunity come come if he moves to Jumbo Visma there won't be an opportunity for him so I don't see I don't see why he would want to move from Ineos in, in, if, in my personal opinion I think that's a really good point yeah because I think like the way that Ineos have now set the classics team up it does it seems as though they've got this it's it's for everyone, you know. Ev- everyone can get their chance for a win. I know some of them have come, mm. I you know, by surprise. I think I think Garner was really meant to be their main man, although yeah. you know he had lots of bad luck. Obviously, I think Pidcock's meant to be the main man at Brabantse Pile, but obviously yeah. Sheffield was feeling good on the day and just went. But it just proves that they're a team who can accomplish a lot. And as you say, if he if he went to Yumbo, he'd be riding for wow. Um, Pretty much. I think, and Wout van Aert, Wout van Aert is going to win a Tour of Flanders and a Paris Bay sooner rather than later. I mean, we were talking about British talent earlier. We've got a, <laughs> there's yeah. got to be a case where Wout van Aert wins it at some point as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I can't. This year was his year. I just can't believe he came second after, you know, after everything. Anyway, sorry. Just move <laughs> on before I start crying again. <laughs> Well, just going back a step to uh, contracts where we're talking about those, where uh, obviously you're talking about Dylan Valbala being able to ne- negotiate a new contract with someone. Uh, Yves Lampere, someone who might not be able to negotiate a new contract with someone with his crash at Roubaix, robbing him of a probable podium at Paris-Roubaix. And uh, the ever-likable Patrick Lefebvre saying, this is the kind of thing that... Um, uh, you know, when you look at results at the end of the season, affects a rider's career. Where a quick step at this year because, well, they're not anywhere. What uh, what's quick steps? What do you I, think I quick steps next plan is? I wouldn't go so far. So the classic season was shit. <laughs> Can't say it any other way. But um, they still have good sprinters. So now with the classic season, we're forgetting it. But uh, uh, with um, Kev both in form and also um, God names names Jacobson. quick step sprinter the sprinter Jacobson uh, Jacobson yeah Jacobson yes, yes Jacobson so um, they are both so good that there's still debate who's going for the tour and um, they will bring in lots of wins so quick step is bad for their for the for, for the recent years they were so good but I think we are maybe a bit uh, over-exaggerating. I, I think also, we'll... sorry, yeah, on, I was going to pick up on Will's point, on your point earlier, Will, actually, that you, you mentioned about Alaphilippe maybe not being fully fit, possibly, or, or maybe just not being quite back after Strada. I think that Alaphilippe's presence cannot be underestimated. Um, yeah. Such a mood rider, and if he's not feeling it, and he, was, he obviously hasn't even been there for the cobbled classics, um, most of them, any of them, I don't think. I know the Ardennes are more his kind of niche, but he he still rides the Cobbled Classics. You know, he's been up there at Flanders. He's been up there at um, E3 and other races. And, and not having him there, I think, affects the mood. And they didn't have de Klerk there, remember, for the first half because of his um, pericarditis issue. And I just think they might have, have lacked a bit of um, 
cohesion. They've got Remco coming through, who's a bit of a loose cannon. You know, it's, it, I think that they're in transition in a different way to Ineos. Ineos have transitioned really, like, seamlessly, almost by accident, into this amazing classic scene, whereas I think Quick Step, I nearly said Quick Link, <laughs> Freudian step, um, hey. Quick Step are kind of in a different sort of a transition. I can't afford that. No, you can't. <laughs> Pat, I think Pat would sue us. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of that? I think maybe they just have, haven't, leadership hasn't quite been there. Well, I, th I think it's also, I think we also have to bear in mind that they have been ravaged by illness throughout this spring. I think that, I know what other teams have been as well, but um, it's taken their riders out of many of the races. I mean, Kaspar Asgreen had a really unfortunate puncture on the, uh, was it the Koppenberg Tour of Flanders? So he could have been in contention. Yeah. Eve Lamper, well, if it wasn't for that unfortunate incident with the, with the spectator, yes, he probably would have got a podium, but he couldn't. It, that probably wouldn't have been guaranteed anyway because the chasing pack were coming up behind anyway. So, But in terms of like for the rest of the season, I don't think Remco Evnopola is going to be up there in the GC for the Giro. I don't. Th I think the pressure is going to get going to be too much again. And then when it comes to the Tour, well, the big question for Lefebvre is do you go with Cavendish or Jakobsen to gain, to, to gain wins? Because that's what... That's what that's not the main objective is to get sprint victories for Cav or for, for Jakobsen. My I wrote a piece about it a couple of weeks ago. My if I was Patrick Lefebvre, my head would say Jakobsen, not Cav. I think yeah, there could be an irony here that at the moment not sprinters are winning, but there could be a case where it could could come back to bite Patrick Lefebvre that Sam Bennett wins, wins, takes stages for Bora, and quick set end with no sprint wins at all. So, um, but there's a long way to go. There's a long way to go. So there's still an opportunity to salvage their season. Um, it's it just hasn't gone for them. I think it's just it's just been one of those spring classic campaigns. It happens to teams. Um, I I have no doubt that they'll be back if the, if it happens again. Bennett's next year. not won a single sprint stage this year at um. all. I, I I had I had myself muted, but I just had to laugh a little bit because um, Bora would be very happy with uh, Kev or Jakobsen because Sam Bennett hasn't had the best spring so far. <laughs> yeah, he's having a mare, isn't he? Like, what's going on with Bennett? Mm. Anyone, does anyone like? Gen that's a genuine question, not a rhetorical question. Does anyone yeah. know? <laughs> like, how, he's just not been there. All the things that have happened with Lefebvre, perhaps maybe is playing on his mind. I don't know, but. Mm. Um, we just don't know. We don't know what will happen. We could be surprised. Not being out of that, like that, that kind of, you know, that that pressure cooker of of quick step and the fact that yeah. he was obviously he had that relationship would have eased the pressure on him. But maybe that was yeah. what was driving him. Yeah, I think just one final point because I I probably have spoken too much, but and there's lots more to talk about. But if quick step have this same scenario again next year, then yes, you can say it's a crisis, but. At the moment, it's not a crisis. It's just, a, I think, I think it's just a blip. <laughs> I, I, I'll come back. Yeah, yeah. If it happens again next quick, year, yeah, like nah, we know a it's transitional a season. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, quick, quick step was also very unlucky. I'm not trying to to find excuses uh, because tactics and, and and everything. But uh, when you look at every race, like um, Asgreen fell, uh, Seneschal fell, Lampard fell. Uh, Alaphilippe fell uh, one week ago. We were talking about uh, Alaphilippe form, but uh, he, he fell at uh, the Brabant Subail uh, one week ago. So maybe it was not 100%. Well, he's not 100%. Uh, that's, not, that's not the question. Uh, 
um, but um, yeah, they 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 were uh, they were unlucky also. So like uh, Will said, this year uh, year uh, this year is what it is. But uh, if it happens uh, next year, uh, Lefebvre will have to <laughs> to uh, some something to do with uh, with uh, with his riders. He could buy Wout van Aert, Katie. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, I think you're right. You're right that we shouldn't catastrophize. And obviously the media love to do that. And it's been a bad one. Um, but like, oh, as I was going to go back to um, whoever said that they, well, yeah, Lena's point that they should take Jakobsen or whoever said they should take Jakobsen. It's got to be nailed on, surely, because at this point, nobody really cares about records they just need some wins don't they they just need some success yeah i get the sentiment yeah. i get the sentiment. It keeps the cav. doors open yeah. yeah i get the sentiment with cav that needs to go and beat the record but i think also we've got to remember Mark cavendish if he does go to the tour with quick step he's not he's going to be up against the sprinters which weren't at the tour last 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 year uh, caleb ewan sam bennett mm-hmm. again um so it's going to be a very different game for this year's tour, um, which is why I've said that I think Jakobsen should go and not Cav. It'll be I interesting agree. to see how the Giro turns out. Um, yes. Yeah. Cav's there, and obviously yeah. Ewan and Malia and Biniam Grimai and Matthew van der Poel and many others. So that will be an interesting well, thing to see. Yeah, and the big, uh, big news today is that uh, Lefebvre wants Tim Merlier from Amazon Phoenix. Oh, more sprinters. <laughs> well, really? well, one sprinter out, one sprinter in. Obviously, I guess Cav will go Merlier in mm. for next year. Mm. Would just... that spell the end for Cav then? Or what, do you think he'd go to a lower it, team? It or? must do. It must do, surely. Might go to Ineos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you just don't know, do you? Just don't know what end up as a DS, yeah. yeah. Oh, he'll be That's a true. DS. But... There's no way in the world yeah. that Cav isn't ending up as a DS. No. <laughs> he won't leave cycling, no way. Question oh. about Melier. Um He's now not number one with Alpatine, of course not. But he's really good. Would you go for a team where he's not, where he's not clear number one? Good question. I'm not sure. I mean, if I were him, no, I wouldn't. I he surely think. has. He surely has other offers. He's one of the best sprinters in the world at the moment. There's no, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to be second to Jakobsen, I don't think. It's Philipson, isn't it, in, in Alpson Phoenix, mm-hmm. which is... The, I don't, it's, it's hard to separate those two. The two very talented riders, very talented sprinters. They're quite sprinters. different, aren't they? I think they're, they're different. Yeah. Different kind of qualities. They, mm. yeah, they're both brilliant. Nice problems and to add have. Into, into the premise. Mm. I think... I remember Malia is older than Philipson as well, so age does play. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for like of like Omri Capio, that kind of um, uh, Arnold de Lee. Arnold de Lee, he's going to be amazing. Olaf Koy. Oh yeah, Olaf Koy, big fan. Obviously, we know that from a group chat, but yeah, yeah, (laughs) big fan. (laughs) Yeah, there's some really good, some young sprinters who lit. All they lack is the experience, the, the positioning, like the power is unreal on some of these young guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, they all just need their own like Michael Morkoff to yes. lead them in <laughs> their own personal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So hold on one second. One second. We're talking about Liège Bonus Don Liège. One second. Oh, it's a barking dog. It's doggy. Oh, yes, thank you. Sorry, I've just brought some hot dogs. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Your dog sounded really excited about it. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Well, it's, uh, oh. one, of, one of his sisters. Oh, Can everyone hear the bubbling noise oh, no, in the back? No, hang on, no fucking, hang on, no fucking ketchup. The fuck? <laughs> no ketchup. <laughs> Bullshit. That's right. Hang on, one sec. Love, I love where Grey's priorities lie. Seriously, right, though, yeah, can anyone hear the bubbling in the background of my sound? No, it sounds not good. Not at all. No. Uh, not in yours, no. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Good. I'm glad. Sounds, right, it um, sounds like a, yeah. Go on, let's let's carry on. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I might I might cut a bit, fair bit of this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a bit about hot dogs. Uh, the fucking ketchup. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just squirting the ketchup on them now. Yeah. <laughs> so this Sunday, I hope it's Sunday. This Sunday, Liège Baston Liège. There's no Primus Roglic. He's pulled out. Who's winning? Tadej Pogacar. Yeah. Pretty much, isn't it? Yeah. Anyone else? <laughs> also, Demi Vollering. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's the predictions done. Actually. Is that are we finished? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else yeah. must have a yeah. differing opinion. Did anyone have Dylan Tone? No, 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 no. You've been listening to quickly podcast. <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Pogacar, done. Wallering, done. Um, yeah. I can't think of anybody else who would actually challenge. I mean, yeah, Demi Voldering definitely is going to win the women's race. I think that, that's that's a given. But in terms of the men's, the only person I think that might stand a chance is a really big outside bet, Danny Martinez Minos. He is in line to start. I have a, I have a very sneaking feeling because he's he's been he hasn't been a bad. He's not in bad form, so. Why not? That's an interesting choice. Put Tom Pidcock in for it. Where's mm. Ethan Hayter? He's supposed to be there. Just yeah. looking at the start list and he's not there. Interesting. And then, of course, you've got um, Bardet as well. In terms of Matthew, French chances, Roman Bardet. Um, yeah, Roman Bardet seems like the, 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 the best chance uh based on, on, on form only. Um, I will uh, wanted to see David Godu, but uh, he got sick, uh, finished the third uh, last year. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Romain Bardet is the best French chance. I'm looking at the start list at the moment to see uh, <laughs> if there are other, uh, other chances. Uh, Warren Barguil, if he's uh, riding, uh, could be also a, a good French uh, chance. Got the likes of Sergio Aguita. Um Nielsen Paulus. We've not seen much of him yet this year. Might be in with a chance. Maybe. 
There's so many. Oh, Guillermo, Martin's, Guillermo Martin's, Martin's riding. He might be. He's had a, a nice season so far. Every time a monument or a classic classics race come up, it's it's such a lottery to decide who think who is going to win it. I mean, there's so many when you look at the start list. I can't. <laughs> you, you would say Pogaccia, but there's got to be some others that are in contention. I mean, Nibali's lot, I think, was due to ride. Jungles is a former winner. He's probably not in the best of form, though. And in terms of probably another side that I would probably say is, is, is Dylan turns again. I don't see why he can't do a double. There's no reason why he can't. Let me see if Alaphilippe's feeling good. Um, yeah. It's a race that he's come second in twice in a row. Well, he was eradicated the year before, wasn't he, I think, but he was second technically. Um, obviously, Wout van Aert's come in Roglic's stead, but it's quite climby. But then again, he won on Von too, so... Do you think, Katie, do? do you think, Katie, in terms of the tour that obviously Roglic had, had to abandon last year and Vingago mm-hmm. came in and did very, very well to came, claim uh, second place, whether Vingago might be the man to to do it instead of Van Aert yeah. or Benoot? Yeah, definitely. I think that he might be the, the favoured man on the day. Um, mm. He's looked... Uh, I, don't think he finished today, or at least he was struggling with a mechanical yeah. or something. I'm hoping that's yeah. all it was. But yeah, um, could could be could be a chance. Who else have we got? I'm just casting my eye over the. Uh... So it's one of those. It's the uh, it's the climbiest. Love a, love a good made up word. It's yeah. the climbiest of the classics, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's sort of I mean, like my... an, almost like a mini a mini oh, grand ha- tour stage. Anyway. How steep is the last climb, and how long is it? Uh, there was a four-kilometer one, I think. Is there? I'm trying to remember. I wrote it in my preview about it. I should remember that. Because if it's very steep and not that long, Flazov is quite good. He came third today. Yeah. I think it's you know the longer the, the climbs are sort of longer and more, and they get more and, and more intense as it goes on. It's less punchy than like today, for example. It's, uh, ten ten climbs, isn't it? So um... the, the thing about Liège Bastogne is the route. The route has changed over the years. It used to be that uphill finish. Um, opposite supermarket, I think in Liège, um, mm. and then they came on the downhill. Remember when I think it was Full Sang who won it? It was 2019. Nearly came off his bike as he, as he descended. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, Côte de la Roche or Fousson, I think that's the. If I pronounce that right, is that's the the final climb i think but i think there's also there's a a false flat i think with about a kilometer long um, before before last two k's of flat i think i think that that's what i've read in terms of the route it's a false flat or a a very small climb with a very small gradient like 6.2 percent or something like that for about a a k yeah it goes into like uh is it Bonzel or something? Yeah, some, it's the one they go over. Yeah, the last one. Yeah, yeah. So it's the Côte de la Roche of Fosson, but then it's this is just like a false flat, a six point two percent gradient. So it's it's going to take so as 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 Lena said, it's because of the steepness of the the, the Fosson. Um, that, that's where Jungles attacked in twenty eighteen, I think. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. See who who takes it. I mean. In terms of like other riders, I mean, what 
uh, those who got a punchy finish who can really attack on that climb who who is who's really in line to, to do that really mm. uh, sorry will uh, i feel like it's my duty to uh, look after french pronunciation yeah. <laughs> that is rochefoucon rochefoucon there you go got it <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds so good when you say it, Matthew. <laughs> yes. Thank you. The British it's people so are just better. butchering the, the, the poor French language. It's so much better. We yeah. should just stop. We should pause every time we're about to say something French and just like quickly message Matthew what, it, what we're about to say and he can just dub over us. <laughs> it's a very, very good idea. <laughs> we'll so, at least say uh, yeah. Pierre Roland or Benoit Cosnefroy for uh, like half an hour. Sounds good. <laughs> yes. That can be tomorrow's episode. <laughs> So I'll uh, wrap just... it up. There's six of us here. Right, six of us. Just say one word. Who is winning Liège Basson Liège on Sunday? Katie. Pogaccio. Matthew. Mm, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Pogaccio too. Elena. Um. Oh, I don't want to say Pogaccio. <laughs> I say, I say, I say turns. So, so we have someone different. Leonard Kamna. Yeah. Oh, Any. oh, Kamna for Wills. Uh, we didn't talk about uh, oh, Christ. I'll go Diego Lu- Ulysses. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh, right. What is he going to do? Like so, make out Pogaccia? So it's just someone different, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, whilst I've got you here, Giro, who's winning the Giro overall? Katie, oh, who's winning oh, the Giro? Um, I decided on who I thought. It was going to be Roman Bardet, of course. Roman Bardet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, who I actually said yesterday as I was thinking about it was... Come back to me. I'll give you my sensible suggestion in a sec. Okay. Matthew, who's winning um, the Giro? I will say Richard Carapas. Yeah, that's my bet. Yeah. Lena? Mine's as well, Carapaz. Oh, okay. Oh, no, it's boring. Will? <laughs> well, I think, again, Lena said here there's not much time trialing, is there? So, yes, no, no. You, would, you would go with Carapaz, but I'm going to. Oh, three of us. No, not, three of us I'm going not Carapaz. going with Carapaz. I'm going with Simon Yates. Oh. Oh, good man. Good man. I don't oh, yeah. see why it, this might might be the, the time where the elastic is snapped and he actually does it. So. Oh, let's hope so. Yeah, it's bold. It's <laughs> bold. I think I think more time trials would have favored um, Joe Almeida, but uh, given it's only twenty six kilometers of time trial, yeah. I think yeah, Carapaz. And also, and he seems a fucking bit useless. And it's even uphill. It's not only very few time trial kilometers; it's even uphill. Yeah. I say I'd also say even if even if there are time trials in it, only only two stages, stage two and and twenty one. This is up for debate. Simon Yates is a better time trialist than Richard Carapaz. Yeah, no, Simon Yates, it. who absolutely yeah. stormed the time trial in um, was it which race was it? Was it the Welt? Paranese. Oh yeah, Paranese. Andalusia. No, it was Paranese, I think, because it was the one where Van Aert and Dennis and Roglic and oh yeah, um, Laporte were all doing really well, and then Yates was remained the fastest intermediate, first intermediate time, and he came fifth, I think. 
it was like, hang on, who is this man in the terrible kit going very fast? Um, and it was Simon Yates. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think obviously it's, it's not time trial heavy. So, yeah, Richard Someone Carab, interesting. I'm actually going for, but I want it to be Roman Bardet. Um, somewhat interesting for the young rider, Jersey, Felix Gall from Algier Désert. He's doing quite well this season and is uh, oh, of the Alps yeah. at the moment, and he is uh, doing really well. Wouldn't be surprised if he did well at the Giro as well. Good tip. Yeah, top what top ten on GC kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Top ten on GC. Sorry, top ten Hello. on GC. Uh, Felix Guy. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe just a breakaway win. I I, I, I I don't I, I don't want to curse him, but uh, he's I uh, but, but he's doing quite. I I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, did really well. I don't know if it will be a stage win or something like this or something close or if the team will go for GC. I think Ajides are also sending Clément Champoussin, Champoussin, Mathieu. Clément Champoussin. Champoussin. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the rest of the team hasn't been really announced, so. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, Ajay uh don't have an, any leader for uh, for Giro, so I think whoever is is in best in the best uh, shape it, uh, will get. It's just and breaks, isn't it? With uh, yeah, Champoussin, uh, Felix Gall. Uh, with the um, I'm looking at uh, provisional squad. You have uh, Nance Peters. Uh, you have Mikael Schirel, Jako Aninen. So yeah, only riders uh, for uh, breakaways and uh, stage wins. But uh, if Gal is feeling it and uh, like uh, he is at the moment at uh, Tour of the Alps, I think uh, maybe uh, top 15. Yeah, top 15. Yeah, top 15 sounds better than top 10. <laughs> but you never know. We will, we will, uh, we will shame on. Here with our Ajay Desert shirts on. Yeah, he's he's like oh, yeah. I don't know I, I don't know how it is on, uh, on 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 British TV or on French TV, but in German TV, um, when German writers aren't doing that good, they choose someone who is more or less peripherally maybe a bit German. So they the next best choice is someone Austrian or Swiss who speak German. And in the worst case scenario, they would even take someone from Luxembourg. So um, at the moment, Felix Gall is in very high demand uh, for German commentators. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, no such thing could, could happen in France. <laughs> no. So it's really funny. So uh, yeah, German commentators uh, really like Felix Gall. Yeah, you come on, Felix. <laughs> we just well, I call it a day for today's war. Oh. Sorry, Casey, say, go on. I just wanted to address the fact that Ineos are currently listed as having 11 riders at the Giro, which obviously means they haven't named their team as no, nobody has yet. But um, what does this mean? <laughs> Why have they, there's a, they must have touted nearly everybody on the team to ride the Giro now. And like, it, they are for Carapaz still, are they? Got Gagan Hart. Yeah, I think it must uh, be for Carapaz. Yeah. The, main, the main leader will be Carapaz, but I think they are still. Looking, who was going to be the domestic? Uh, who was going to do the, the 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 domestic work for for Carapaz? Mm. You, you look at the list: eleven riders, as Katie said. I think you you might be it seeing was the same. Twelve. Hayden was on there before, and he's gone right. again. Yeah, I mean the list I have in front of me, the provisional, is again. It says eleven riders. It's obviously not going to be eleven riders. Um, 
But Vivi- Viviani's listed in there. But why would you take Viviani and Carapaz at the same time? That's in all the years gone by. That's not Ineos's style. You don't take a sprinter and a GC contender. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, Carapaz is definitely going to be the leader. Um, and one rider who's definitely going to be going, I have no doubt about it, is Salvador Puccio. <laughs> He's definitely going to be going to the Giro again. <laughs> I have no doubt about that at all. We're gonna go. No, he's not listed. He's one of the no, only ones. He's not listed, listed but... <laughs> which is strange. But I think he's doing the tour this year, and I think not, wanna... not enough uh, TT yeah, kilometers. Yeah, I think Gallo will go tour. Yeah, and also the 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 t the town trials at the Giro for for Ghana. That it's not stage one, is it? Stage one is not. No, it's stage two. There's no chance of him putting on the pink jersey for the first stage after a TT. So that's one downside of. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it seems like the tour is, is where Ghana is probably going to go, and maybe wouldn't wouldn't we love to see Filippo Ghana for Ineos at the Tour of Britain? That would be something yes, for, that would be very cool. Probably very good. Oh yes, please. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Oh, except no, there's not going to be any time trials <laughs> at the Tour. No of time trials. <laughs> no time trials. Oh, also that's the, um, Oh no. The World Championships in Australia. The time trials a week earlier than the road race, which is why they haven't, added, oh, uh, they haven't included any time trials, so that all the time trialists can obviously go out early, or at least go to a different place like Canada or somewhere. That's a pe- that's sure uh, Canada. Yeah, well, the the Canada the Canadian tours are on at the same time as Tour of Britain. Um, oh, I don't know if that's any nearer to Australia, like a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, unlikely to be any Ghana at the Tour of Britain. Yeah. Well, should we call it a day there, yeah, my friend? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> edit. I edit this something into a uh, uh, show. And thank you. So thank you to me. That's me. I was going through the list. Thank you to Craig. Thank you to me. Thank you to Katie. Thank you to Matthew. Thank you to Lena. And thank you to Will. You've been listening to Quicklink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at Quicklink Pod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. You can support this show by using the code QUICKLINK when you shop with veloskin.cc for all your chamois cream and skincare needs, and also at efswheels.com where UK customers can get themselves a full set of tubeless ready full carbon wheels for under £500. Share the show and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now.